A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the book series of the Delicious Podcast, sponsored by hive.co.uk, with me, Jilly Smith. This week, I am with a couple of genuine legends in British food, Fergus Henderson and Trevor Gulliver, whose restaurant, St John, a former smokehouse just outside Smithfield Meat Market, brought nose-to-tail eating to London when it opened in 1995. In a minute, we'll be talking about the Book of St John, which celebrates 25 years of the restaurant. And we have a frank discussion about English wine and sustainable eating. We'll hear how Parkinson's has affected Fergus's life as a chef, and he talks about his inspiration, the late, great Anthony Bourdain. The whole book series is sponsored by Hive.co.uk, the ethical online store which passes the commission on to your local bookshop. Let me tell you how it works. Every order placed on Hive benefits the high street, because whether you pick it up in person or not, Hive will give between 5 and 15% commission to the bookshop nearest to you. If you decide to pop in and pick it up in person, your designated bookshop will get a higher rate of commission. And chatting to real people isn't just better for us, but for the other shops on the high street too, as it increases footfall right across town. I'll give you the discount code at the end of the podcast, and you can search for at Hive Stores on Facebook or Twitter for recommendations and discounted offers and giveaways. Now, Fergus was diagnosed with Parkinson's in the early 2000s, which does affect his speech, and this is a rare audio interview for him. But his famously mischievous humour is in plenty of evidence, and there was a bit of a party atmosphere as I asked him and business partner Trevor Gulliver how they felt as they celebrated the 25th anniversary of St John. I'm who I hold. <laughs> the fact that 25 years of me coming into this building, it's, it's like... Um, Watching candle burn or something—it's sort of, it's sort of something that reminds you of passing of time every day coming here. But it's um, it's a joy. I love it. So it's it's an institution here, and you write in the book that you love the fact that it's an institution. You are seen as the father of modern British food in many ways, nose to tail being the most obvious. But you've spawned a whole load of wonderful chefs in London, so you know you can claim that position. Do you easily claim it? How do you feel about that? Good, really. Yes, good. <laughs> it's a nice position it's, to have. Um, yes. And um, the fact that yes, you've got little chicks that have gone off and gone off over their own bases. Um, it's a wonderful feeling in the belly. Yeah. Yes. And it's been going on for a long time, obviously. I mean, you know, we're just thinking of Hereford Road and Lyles is a couple of restaurants that are very, very well received in London. Um, but there are lots and lots of people and influences that have have come out of this place. I'm just going to turn quickly to Trevor because what you brought to the whole idea of St John was the theatre of, of... You're looking a little quizzical at that, but... 
Yeah, well, both was for both this. Sort of, it was this. If you look at this space, which to other people would be, um, that's just difficult. And in those days when we came here, it was a different place. Can you um, just describe that? Because it, it was a shabby old warehouse, as you describe in the book. Yeah, it was kind of it was squatted. Um, at some point, a Chinese company had been growing bean shoots in the basement. <laughs> they wonder where the flooding was coming from. And, yeah, it was all kinds of stuff, and it was basically derelict. And uh, Smithfield now was, um, the meat market was on its uppers. I mean, it's one way or another, and different guises have survived to this day, but not what it was. Um, from from um, Fergus's happiness above the, the French in Soho and, and me, the fire station at Waterloo, to come here was kind of... Um, not that Waterloo was particularly good in those days, or, or, or whatever. Um, yeah, it was a bit... Uh, I was, we weren't daunted, we were, yeah, well, you know, but the building. So the building was the theatre, you could yeah. see it, you could sense it. Yeah, and of course, Fergus, you're, you were trained to be an architect. Um, presumably when you saw this shabby old warehouse, you were visioning it as an architect as well as a chef. Well, um, treating the joy, it's, uh, it had been used, wave paintings, rubble, port fat, smoke. All delicious things. It was irresistible. Yeah. So um, it was one look, which should be one once, and I was smitten. Yeah. um, Yeah. Talking of legacy, Nose to Tail was obviously it's it's been in culinary tradition since time began, but you brought it to British cuisine very specifically. It's now known as zero waste uh, as we link culinary traditions with climate change and saving the planet how does that feel and i know you do actually use the word the term zero waste in in the book does that feel like it's moved on or is it essentially the same sort of thing as nose to tail yes i think um sitting down to lunch uh, for zero waste so i was tempting as nose to tail lunch it's, um, it's not quite as mouth-watering is it no but um <laughs> But it's interesting how, yes, things of sort of catchphrase or whatever have come out of Amnon's tale, where sort of, yes, people have... Well, yes, but it's more than a catchphrase, isn't it? It's very important, actually. You know, we the, the amount of waste that comes out of kitchens we now understand is, you know, is, is a huge contributor to greenhouse gases, for example. The way that we farm, you've always been, you've always found produce to be the most important thing in, in the kitchen. We now understand how important the provenance of that is in terms of, you know, environment. Does that feel pioneering, or do you just feel that that kind of came out by chance? It seems very odd that um, when you see some chef on television doing something, and they say it's going to be seasonal, local, or it's going to be otherwise, as far away as possible. And um, well, lots of people do well, and did. Yes, it's um, it's enjoying limitations of seasons and things like that. So it's, it's um. It's all quite straightforward, really. Let's talk a little bit about how the book is divided up. It it goes right back to the roots of your food. So we look at butchery. We look, first of all, at the pig. And you say that if you understand how to break down a pig and cook it, you know everything about food. Well, 
seen them all about pig, selling a whole pot full of bits, and uh, sort of jigsaw puzzle, but um, of my own doing, and then so it's taking a pass, and then you have a chat with it and feel it and speak to you, you speak back to it, and then um, you cook with it. It um, sounds a bit so hippy-dippy, but it uh, works that way. Yeah, and in fact, there's a whole chapter on the trotter, uh, how the trotter just keeps coming back in your dishes. Why the trotter? Well, it's a wonderful thing. It brings anxious sickiness to any dish. The story of my honeymoon and... Um, it was a misery bazaar in Paris on the night, so my, my, my first evening to a state guitar, and I was left my Pierre de Paul Grier, um, sort of, uh, well, bonded with the trotter forever, really, then. As well as, uh, my, uh, bonding day for me and the trotter. Margot, the trotter, and you've had a very happy marriage ever since. Uh, Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Trevor, let's talk yes, to you. Yes, he asked that question, yes. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the response. Um, A.A. Gill said he was moved to tears by the food here. I mean, how does that feel when people still, 25 years on, are still so astonishingly impressed by this food and this place? Food and trends and fads don't go together. Um, the future of everyone that comes and works in the company, your relationship with farmers, your relationship with vineyards, does not, it's not something that's overnight. Uh, I used to say a regular with somebody, a restaurant would take five years because a regular maybe somebody comes once a year because it's, he goes to the dentist or that's where they first met um, and maybe comes two or three times a week. So to create a restaurant, which, what a restaurant is, um, when, and don't be confused with, other things that are food retail, I guess, um, takes time. So, um, and you do it with your own, hopefully with your own voice. We were quite not, as Fergus said once, we were asked if we were Luddites, and Fergus said, no, well, you might be a bit Luddish. <laughs> but but the, the point is that um, a, good, a restaurant is, a good, is an old friend, and it's a place of comfort. You know, it helps if you can cook a bit, Um and it's a place of relationships, a place of, of happiness, a place of sometimes I'm just going to go, that's, I've had enough. Um, so, and that's maybe the sum of its parts of why we've lasted in that sense. And whether it's become fashionable to that, that zero waste, I mean, what does that mean? It sounds like a old sci-fi music uh, thing. Um, uh, we cook with uh, common sense, we cook with um, respect, um, we don't waste anything, but that's actually learning skills. So we like to think that anyone that comes here always, even they like it or not, will learn something, and we give it with good grace. If chefs come and do a style show, some chefs you will know, and we're delighted. We, we always tell people what we do and how we do it and why we do it. Because we, and when our boys and girls fly the nest either here or abroad, we're always delighted yeah. because there's somewhere else for us to go. Yeah. 
Let me ask you that same question then, Fergus. Why was AA Gill? Because Trevor's given a very good answer, but actually, Trevor... We don't know him, we don't do names. <laughs> but no, but a lot of people um, would say that about their favourite restaurant. You're absolutely right about people coming for once a year and all that sort of stuff. People are very bonded to their restaurants. But why was AA Gill, you know, or a prominent restaurant reviewer, why would he have been moved to tears by your food? That's a more romantic answer from Vegas. Romantic. Well, he did give us a review which uh, was a bit... um, It was just, you can eat tripe and hear it. Mm. One of those things. Which um, then we met at some magazine launch or something. And um, Margot honed in on... Um, the, the reviewer said, You can talk about us, but leave our customers alone. And um, he said, Look, have a, well, No, you can't. She said, You've said enough. And, um, but after some promising, uh, we, we became great friends. Yes. It was, uh, it was um, yeah. Do you remember what he ate? Do either of you? Effectively, the famous story is that that's the nearest you'd ever see to, to deal with AA making an apology in another, <laughs> yeah, as usual, but some other, some other restaurant, but in that, the, the narrative at the start was his, his apology to us. <laughs> in, and melted and meant the nicest way. Fergus, you explain, you describe how you really got into food. Your family were very into food, which is very unusual in those days, actually. My, my family were unusually into, into food as well, so I know how alone I was. Um, and your parents cooked in pretty much the same way as you did until your mother found Marcella Hazan in her classic Italian cookbook, yes, yes. in particular. And you say in the book that that changed everything at home. Well, it did. As cookbooks go, it's, it works. Everything works in it. She's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, because I know we, when you write a cookbook, something sometimes maybe don't work. Yeah. But but yeah. but, but, but Michelle's Anne is is well. It worked. It, it works. Worked. Can can you would you have a similar cookbook now? Uh, that would describe the way that you might cook at home, perhaps. Not necessarily here. Well, it emerges cooking at home and cooking here. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of, yes, this sort of meld somewhere in the middle. Because, uh, yes, you know, like cooking do, we do here, as we have always done. And... Um, Always thoughts that um, trotters wonderful thing. Yeah, and it's, uh, but the trotters came from you. If, if there is a, an equivalent of the Marcella Hazan, if you had a food writer who's a food hero, who would that be? Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Mm. Why? He's a one-man PR machine. He, I mean, the number of people who come in and say, "I saw you on Anthony Bourdain." It's been. Yeah. He was support of the cause yeah. to an extreme case. Well, yeah. It was surprisingly sort of. Um, 
gentle soul. When they were, we were giving a lecture together outside New York at some kind of institute and having gentle chats back over the car, and then we get to arrive there, and this huge auditorium full of kids with bandanas and tattoos, and I said, What's the worst bad thing you've done in the kitchen? Tony, tell us. And then he said, Well, I'm here to introduce Sir Sanderson, which I thought they would lynch me now. <laughs> but, uh, they didn't lynch me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you, Trevor, in terms of, you know, you've been around a long time, that no. same guy. <laughs> we are here to celebrate your 25th anniversary. Let's ask that same question to you, but about a kitchen that you've been to recently that you can that maybe would inspire you not necessarily that has you've see that you've inspired but perhaps would inspire you well i, I was i was in toulouse the other week and went into the prini and had a jolly lunch fergus place fergus proper brasserie no reservations seven days a week um reliable good service um obviously if they they're french and they have, they do it their way and that's that so we, know not to ask the wrong questions um, those sort of things are are good places but in London before even dear old Terence had started doing the big things or things had changed you literally had um, Terence Conran yeah Terence Conran um, and you had Michael Caine um, yes. and Langans which I seem to go, go to quite a lot when I live around the corner a long time ago in a different world mm. um, but Anything that was there was kind of lost in a different way. It's just changed so radically. And to ask where questions are now, um, sweetings, obviously, because that needs to be uh, treasured and kept in the city. But the change and the dominance of hotel chefs and everything else, it, London's so alive and changing, um, it's really hard to even stay. And you've got chums that seem to be opening another one and another one and then doing that one then they've got rid of that one then they're doing this and then young chefs it's it's either very vibrant but I in the old way of going to um I'm careful what I say some places you shouldn't go to but, <laughs> but do you eat out a lot yeah not as much as we used to but um because yeah. um, we didn't always have lunch here yeah. Yeah. <laughs> most, most days after the short break I ask Fergus about the mystical and rather poetic use of language and Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. 
We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Look. Fergus, I don't know, but it feels to me that this is you. My understanding of restaurants is increasingly cosmic, you say. You talk about the vibrations in the room and the great chef in the sky. And you talk about the mystical transformation that happens between ingredients and chefs. Well, um... Is that you being more romantic, or is that... Well, it's, it's, it's part of the magic of a restaurant. Something happens in a restaurant that happens to nowhere else. It's, um... It is sort of cosmic. It's, it's, uh... It's... And it's... Builds up, builds up, and then you need to have shots that have and the chairs and the tables need resting. It's like an alchemy, isn't it? Yes, there's a sort of alchemic quality. A hotel is not a home from home. A hotel, you go to a hotel, it's much better than being at home in a way. And a restaurant is equally not eating at home. And there is a magic. When you walk into a place, you just feel the confidence of these folk or smell the smells or see. And they have in that space and all the people are there and what they are doing. This is more than, again, the sum of the, of the parts. It's, and there is. And nothing makes us smile more. We actually are still terrible. If we <laughs> lunch is broken, we will start walking more quickly. And we don't walk the best these days. <laughs> and we get, it builds up. And then... And it's not disappointing. And when you walk in, it's just, yeah. you've stepped through the doors, and that's what a restaurant is. That's the wonderful thing to, to do. It is. The sound, if you've got a whole dining room full of people eating happily, and the sound is music to one's it's, um, How wonderful. Can I ask you about the Parkinson's? Are you yeah. happy to talk about yeah. it? Now, you've had Parkinson's for a very, very long time. It, you were diagnosed five years after opening the restaurant, is that right? Something like that, yes. Yeah. But you had absolutely pioneering surgery. Two wires put into my brain and um, moved around a bit to find my place and, uh, and um, the battery here. It's um, sorted me out perfectly. And that, that allows you to be mobile? It does. It's, it's, I'm not so much in the kitchen anymore because it's um, a vanity. I move much slower. So, um, so, but oh, it's, it's really, I mean, I was a thing. All the chairs would wobble, would wobble because they would loosen all the joints of them. It was just singing the day. <laughs> so, uh, and you do write rather wittily about how terrified the chefs were every time you picked up a, a knife when you were first on Yes, yes, well, when I first had an um, yes, knives give me quite a good birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. In a very small kitchen, you yes. you want to keep out of your way. How 
does it can you say how it has affected the way that you cook or the way that you see food I mean you, you actually write about the brain in quite some detail in the book um, and so you have a special relationship with it now yes um, it's sort of my turn to have something drilled into my uh, my brain and there's all the lamb strains and cow strains we've dealt with it seems only fair that um, <laughs> it's your turn. my turn to have a bit of uh, brain work <laughs> Does it does it change the way that you feel uh, as a chef? Does it? Do, can you say how it's affected your cooking? Not really. Is it uh, still cook things that bit slow? Yeah, Trevor. You both say in the book that it's about bravado, not ego. I love that quote. It's just about cooking people lunch. Now you say it's also about drinking and you come up with a lovely phrase you know what Fergus puts on the plate you put in the glass tell us about how that that lovely combination really works here well it's in terms of a restaurant it's kind of half of what you do so it's kind of quite good if you sort of do good things both and apply the same you know we've been working with our folk directly for over 20 years and we know them they're, they're family we buy from France because they're our neighbours um, so it's as local as you can get. Let's not get into the English wine. Um, and, you know, we we will defer to a good glass of Burgundy. Um, and of course, have done. Uh, and can I just push you on that, though? Can I just push you on the English wines? Are they good enough uh, to be served at St. John? Uh, some of them, certainly. I, it's no particular... Um, Sometimes, uh, in terms of our relationships, or the quality, or the price, or the you know, um, but uh, champagne is a champagne. Okay, what about the other English wines that are as good? Oh, as uh, no, all perfectly fine. Um, Do you sell them here? No, <laughs> not for because we already we 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 have long-standing relationships with with our folks. It is like with uh, farmers. It's not. Um, a lot of what we're without getting into that debate um, and I'm a huge supporter of it of course I would be mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we're but very happy in our own it's about your family is that what you were going to say Fergus? Uh, um, uh, we would support it but it does burn a hole in your tummy <laughs> so um, uh, yes if you get that sorted out we'd be much happier to Trevor's just climbing under the table over there well listen Good luck with the book, guys. It's a it's a fabulous read. Beautiful photographs. It's a, got a wonderful sense of that family that you've created here. There's lovely pictures of of your vineyards sort of feasting with you on yeah. big long tables, and it is. That's the only time of year I ever cook. <laughs> <laughs> and happy birthday! Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Delicious Podcast, sponsored by Hive.co.uk. You can listen to all the previous episodes at deliciousmagazine.co.uk slash stories slash podcasts. And you can buy all the books at Hive.co.uk using the discount code DELICIOUS10 to get your 10% off. Next week, I'll be back with the last of the book series with the queen of the viral recipe, Alison Roman. I'll see you then. Bye.